we're back with another episode of The Next Stop is the Best Stop. I'm your co-host, Tamika. I'm here by myself today on the train, so we're going to take this journey together. With my co-host taking a rest and a reprieve from uh, the ups and downs of life, I just wanted to take this opportunity to um, become a little bit more intimate with you about my own passions. Today's episode is going to be a brief episode, but it's going to be meaningful. Uh, All my life, I've been um, a connoisseur of genealogy. And for those of you that don't know, genealogy is the study and the research of one's past. It's the study of your ancestors and your family tree. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit about my background in that, but I'm also going to, uh, you know, fill in a little bit of this episode with my conversation with the great Lynn May. Uh, Some of you may know that name from PBS, uh, but Lynn is also a connoisseur of genealogy, and I took the time to visit with her and understand about her family history, and it was just a great meeting of the minds. So let's get started on this uh, journey together. Uh, First off, let me say that I um, have always been a history buff. I grew up asking my grandmother questions, uh, asking aunts and uncles questions, interested in graveyards, don't at me. Um, So my love of history comes naturally. And out of that love grew a passion for genealogy. I began studying my own family history um, around the age of 12, 13. I would ask my mom to drop me off at the Middle Georgia Regional Library in Macon, Georgia, to just, you know, go through the microfilms, you know, go through, um, you know, what I believe to be my own history after I had, you know, interviewed people. Uh, I can say that this love started uh, when I had uh, a church member come up to me and said, you know, your grandfather's white. And I was like, what? You know, or half white, biracial, whatever you want to call it. And I thought, nobody said that to me. Nobody told me that. All I know is that my family is entirely black. So that sparked an interest in me, and I began to do my family research on both sides. Uh, My parents are both from Middle Georgia, the uh, geographic center of Georgia, Twix County. So, um, you know, I had, you know, a lot of history in one place. You know, I went on to, you know, do my family tree and found that most of my ancestors had never left Twix County. We have been in Georgia since the beginning, probably since, you know, slave owners brought us from um, North Carolina, Virginia. So we, we've had deep roots in Georgia. So, you know, my love has grown, my tree is huge, and I've taken that love and I've uh, shared it with other people. So when I meet people or even friends that I'm close with, I always ask, hey, what's, do you know about your family? What's your family tree? Do you want me to do it? Do you know anything about your family tree? And um, this has led to great conversations. I've learned so much. My goal in life really is to become a professional genealogist. I want to leave, you know, uh, the regular nine to five gig and retire early into my passion. That's really my goal. By the age of 50, do genealogy full time. I enjoy it. I enjoy finding out about the past lives of people. Uh, for instance, I have a current coworker that I just recently did history. Yeah, he knew nothing about his father's side, a little bit about his mother's side. 
Um, but he has deep roots in New Orleans. And I found out that he comes from a family of cigar makers. And he also comes from a family of uh, Civil War veterans, uh, veterans that fought on the side of the Union out of Louisiana, right? So to me, genealogy is almost like, um, you know, completing a puzzle. I was always big on puzzles growing up. And this is this is that. This is the puzzle of life. And I've always been nosy. So that goes hand in hand. So that's me. And that's how I ended up enjoying genealogy and having a passion for it. Um, I enjoy libraries. I got married in a cemetery because cemeteries, if you're a genealogist, they are gold, right? Those dates, those names, they tell a lot of stories. A lot of things don't get written down. A lot of things are oral, especially for African-American history. Um, we usually had grandfathers and great-grandfathers and grandmothers and medicine women and men um, telling the story. And sometimes those stories don't get passed down. Sometimes you get lucky and you find a Bible, right? Uh, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you find great probate records uh, from former slave owners. Sometimes you don't. Uh, African-American genealogy is very difficult, especially after the year of 18, before the year of 1870. 1870 was the first time we were counted in the census. Before that, we were just numbers, if that um, counted next to cows and pigs. We were assets. So um, I enjoyed the puzzle. I enjoyed the challenges that come with uh, African-American genealogy. I hope to uh, grow into um, providing genealogy for the African diaspora from the Caribbean, from African nations, and also from those of us in North and uh, South America. So I want to give you uh, an excerpt of my conversation with Lynn. Now, to give you a little bit of background about Lynn, uh, Lynn May worked for more than two decades as a reporter, a producer, an executive producer, talk show host, news anchor, writer, and consultant in commercial and public broadcasting in the cities of Atlanta, Baltimore, Boston, and Washington, D.C. She continued her television career um, with Salsa. Ms. May was vice president of the Georgia Foundation of Independent Colleges. Prior to this position, Ms. May was a director of communications for the Atlanta Committee for the Olympic Games, specializing in media relations for security, construction, and Centennial Olympic Park speech writing, and other crisis communications and management. She is, she is a former press secretary for the late great Maynard Jackson and has also held positions of deputy director and director of communications for the city of Atlanta. Ms. May is a former trustee of Boston's Emerson College and the North Shore Community College in Beverly, Massachusetts. Her current involvement in civic affairs includes membership on the boards of the Alliance Theater Com Company, the Georgia Humanities Council, the Ossabaugh Island Foundation, and Wren's Nest, the family home of writer Joel Chandler Harris, where she is president of the board of directors. That's a little bit about Lynn, but I met Lynn through this coworker who I was doing a tree for, and he just knew that we would hit it off, and we did. So I want you to enjoy the conversation that we had about our own family histories and the nuances of genealogy and the race within, you know, how race has played a role in how we view our families, how we view ourselves. Um, so take a listen. <laughs> okay, so here's a picture okay. of her family. Okay. 
Oh, wow, yes. So, you know, color, in terms of color, very, very diverse. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. and some of those are in-laws. Okay, and, and, okay. Yeah, some. But she wrote, my mother was very clear about race. Oh. She, she did not take prisoners, and this letter mm -hmm. was just a fierce letter, mm -hmm. you know, but when people didn't know nearly as much okay. about enslaved people mm -hmm. as we do now, this was, you know, 30, 40 years mm -hmm. ago, mm -hmm. she wrote a letter to the editor of some newspaper, if I find it, I'll, I'll uh, take it out and put it somewhere where I can find it more easily. So, she had no question about who she was, mm -hmm. and she'd be all over you if you made, if you didn't get it, if mm -hmm. you, you thought she was somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, I was raised by a woman who was race conscious mm. when a lot of people weren't. Mm. And so I so often, you know, tell people I'm so laid back and I'm easy going and, you know, easy to get along with. I said, but do not mistake me for somebody who's not angry. Mm. Yeah. Don't make that mistake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My mother was pissed because she didn't get 40 acres and a mule. Oh. And she talked about not getting her damn 40 acres. Mm. I mean, this was a woman who most people often thought was white. Mm. So from that standpoint, there was never any ambiguity mm. in my family. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason I was hoping we could see the 1950s census mm -hmm. and, uh, is because in that household mm -hmm. was my grandfather. And I'm looking around because I'd love for you to see picture of him. Let me just think a minute. Okay, no problem. And this is the one whose who's father I wish I could find, but I don't know what the chances mm. you know, of that would be. Okay. Because uh... So this next segment uh, is very short. I thought it was longer, um, but Lynn and I finish our discussion as we talk about humans and how we view race and how it shaped us in good and bad ways. Uh, she gives a very, very wonderful historical analogy about uh, Pompeii. So listen in. So in Pompeii, mm -hmm. they, uh, you know, they've only uncovered about 10, 15 percent of mm -hmm. the entire town, which is a very luxurious beach resort mm -hmm. for wealthy Italians. Mm. They weren't even Italians then, mm. but Romans, Romans and whoever. Mm. So they uncovered this one particular room, mm. and they were people had huddled, and of course they all you know, pretty much disintegrated, but there were some you know bones. They were able to do some DNA. Mm -hmm. One of the things they discovered mm -hmm. is that you talk about people dividing by class, that the servants apparently all had huddled in one corner, mm. and the reason they know that is because they had their jewelry mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. And they're, so you get re residue from mm -hmm. the um, brass or whatever, so they could tell you know, they had thing, artifacts with them. In the other, they didn't. Mm -hmm. When they did the DNA, some of the wealthy people mm -hmm. were African. Really? Because, again, this was an international, think of the, mm -hmm. think of the Mediterranean. Mm. Easy to get around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, it's right there. It's right there. Mm -hmm. So, of course, Africa was accessible. Mm. So, that one of the things we've mm -hmm. been brainwashed into mm -hmm. believing mm -hmm. is, this is like before black people were invented, mm -hmm. right? Before people of color, people of African origin. Right. We are, we are deleted from all these histories. Wow. And we were literally like everybody else, mm -hmm. everywhere. Pirate ships, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Pirate ships had mixed crews. Mm-hmm. Uh, whalers had mixed crews. Mm. But when we learn about whaling, nobody tells you. Right. The Portuguese in particular from Cape Verde's mm-hmm. islands were the bulk. If you go to New Bedford, um, yes, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, yep. Cape Verdean people, yep. Iraq, because they were the sailors mm-hmm. who were part of the whaling. But we're taken out of all those histories. Mm. And as a result, we don't think we were ever anywhere. Yeah. Right, right. Just, so we have to start putting this back, mm-hmm. whether it's Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's I was shocked in my native state of Ohio, mm-hmm. that there were lynchings there. I didn't know that. Mm. I learned that when I went to Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Yep. I looked at that. I said, how is this? How mm-hmm. did I not know this? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Right. But you're helping us learn more and more and making those connections. Right. But there is no race. There is no race. It's all done up in a human's mind, you know? Uh-huh. It's a, what a construct, a human a construct. construct, you know, coming from yeah. our own biases, you know? I always think about that, too, with, like, Animal Planet. Like, why do we think we're any different from, like, <laughs> a narwhal or a, we're not. a dolphin or, you know, a chimpanzee no. or, you know, yeah. we're animals. We're animals. And we're here to yeah. procreate. Yes. So to see two animals procreate, okay. Yeah. You know? Right. Because I don't think animals, animals have a sense of color. Like, mm-hmm. white horses breed with brown horses, yeah. right? Yeah. We are weird. Honey, you think? That sums it up. So that's today's episode. Very short, very sweet. Uh, I thought I had a longer clip with Lynn. Um, if I ever find it, I'll you know, add it to another uh, episode. But basically, if you want to know more about your family history, whether you're African-American, Jewish, Iranian, European, uh, Russian, um, get started on Ancestry.com. Um, that's usually where most people start. Do your DNA. Find out about you. You might have gotten that talent to be a musician, to be a scientist from someone in your family. It's very fascinating. I've um, actually gone back and traced certain medical ailments through genealogy. Genealogy is also used to uh, help real estate agents uh, find out who's the owner of you know, leftover properties when grandmother dies without a will, who gets the house if the house is abandoned. Um, so those sort of things. So genealogy has a lot, a lot of uses. It's not just, um, you know, diving in for history nerds. And, um, you know, I'm always available to do anybody's tree. Um, my plan is to do this full time. So um, I'm actually a consultant part time uh, with genealogy, trying to help people discover who they are. I enjoy it. I've had the chance to dive into certain uh, friends that are from the Caribbean and understanding how different Caribbean islands kept records. Um, That's been very, very eye-opening. And it's also been eye-opening about how similar and different our cultures were in the African diaspora um, before, during, and after slavery. So I've learned a lot. I'm learning a lot. And the more people that I reach out to, I plan to learn even more. So this was just a snippet today about genealogy, about race, about finding out about your history and um, what does it mean to be black? You know, one of the things that Linda and I talked about is that she feels, um, you know, 
race, she knows that she's black. You know, culturally, she was raised in Ohio in an area where there were not many black people. Um, so she didn't get that church experience that most black people get. Uh, she has two daughters that have, you know, married outside of their race. They're, they are black, but they are very fair-skinned and they've married white men. So what does that mean for their children when their grandmother is black, you know, and they visibly don't present as black, but they have black family members. So a lot of people in the United States um, have very blended backgrounds and we don't often see it through uh, first sight. So that's why it's interesting and it's also necessary to uh, find out about other people's background and learn something. That's how we become more um, connected as a collective human um, race. And we're not so different as we think we are. So I'm signing off here. Hope to hear back from you. I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, our next episode, we're hoping to have some guests on to interview them uh, so that you can learn how to make your next stop your best stop. All right, hang in there. This train is bound Creek Station.